Welcome to Staying on Track, the podcast dedicated to helping you take control of your financial future. Brought to you by Daymark Wealth Partners, we plan to guide you through the exciting world of money management, investments, and smart financial planning. We will dive deep into a variety of financial topics, bring you expert guests, real-life success stories, and actionable ideas. So whether you wish for early retirement, buying your dream home, or simply making your money work harder for you, the Daymark crew is here for you. Let's take this financial journey together as we explore the path to financial empowerment and prosperity, all while ensuring that you are staying on track. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Welcome to the Staying on Track podcast. I'm your host, Jason Beischel. I'm a founder of Daymark Wealth Partners, and I'm a certified financial planner. Today, we're going to talk about steps to reduce financial anxiety through intentional giving. My guest today is Aaron Swenson. He's a pastor of Summit Church here in Cincinnati. He's a pillar in the community, awesome leader, and a really good friend of mine. So welcome to the pod, Aaron. Uh, that is a crazy introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. Well, you know, yeah, I, I like the friend part. I like that. That's great. <laughs> and a converted Bengals fan, I probably had. Dude, for That's true. That's very true. We jumped in. Let me start with this question. You can just see where see where you want to go with this. More of a statement. Can you describe the intentional giver's mindset? I mean, you've been in ministry for all, if not most of your adult life, you know, spanning 20 years or so. And so you've met with a lot of people, intentional givers, a lot of people that struggle with giving. So can you kind of mm-hmm. describe that mindset that, you know, even the intentional giver or even the one that struggles deals with? So when we talk about like just the... Let's start start with the struggle to give. I think the the struggle to give is a an, an idea that if I give stuff away, then I'm not going to be able to take care of my family. I'm not going to be able to take care of the people that I love, um, and that 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 might be true. I mean, man, if you are you know swimming in debt up to your eyeballs and you. Uh, you know, you eat out way too much and your house poor and all of that stuff. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I really want to give a thousand dollars away this month that you don't have. Like, that's actually a bad idea. Like, that's a, a really bad idea. So uh, that's a whole nother conversation about like, you know, how to eliminate debt and what debt does to somebody's heart uh, and to their life. Um, I mean, they feel enslaved to it. And maybe that's another conversation for another time. But the person who has the means, let's just say that, and chooses not to give and not to give to whatever their heart desires is usually because they think they can't afford it. Um, And then what usually I hear, and I've heard for over 20 years is, well, when I can afford to give, that's when I'll give. And the truth is, like, um, it's the same way you prepare with kids. If you think you're going to like, oh, by the time I'm X age, then I'm ready to start having kids then you're going to be like 45, 50 years old waiting to have kids, you know? So if you're going to wait to be generous, then you're probably never going to be generous. You're never going to give. And so it's got to start somewhere. And in the same way, it starts with like people uh, getting disciplined in their eating or their fitness goals. It doesn't mean that you have to like start a nonprofit, you know, um, uh, like uh, helping single moms. It doesn't mean you have to do that like out of the gate. That's a huge undertaking. But what it can be is like, hey, if I'm not a person of faith, but I want to be generous and I want to be a person who's a giver, then I'm going to set aside a target amount. 
um, and start small and then, um, and then move from there. A great little story on that. My mom and dad been married for forever. Uh, and when they were young, my dad was like working his way up in a company and his pastor challenged him to be just to be a giver. And in the Christian faith, we teach 10% is what we, the Bible tells us that we start with in our giving. And my dad was like, there's no way I can do that. And so his pastor said, well, start small, start with 1% and uh, see if God, if, if God's not faithful, God doesn't take care of you um, and see what happens. And so he did. And then every year he just increased it and sometimes he doubled it. And then eventually they were out giving 10% uh, in their life, but the, it all started with a small little baby step. And so that's what I would challenge the person who is like maybe a little fearful in being generous is you're never going to have enough. Like that's the American mindset. Like once I get here, then I'm going to be okay. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Um, and start small, start small. And so then the like generous giving mindset, you know, is something that has to be nurtured. Um, and it really, I, I uh, would start with this, that it's disciplined. Like you set the number and you, or maybe it's a percentage, maybe it's a, uh, a certain dollar amount. Uh, what I've learned with like people who are, who are givers and generous, they're like, I am ready and I am disciplined uh, and I'm fired up about it. And, um, and so what they do is uh, they just run after it. And I'm telling you, these are people that are hourly associates at places that I've met in my life and people that are, you know, millionaires and multiple properties all across the country. Um, and so, but what these people have determined is that, hey, um, I feel like it's that whole concept of like, it's more, I feel more blessed when I give than when I receive things. And so obviously there's tax benefits and all this type of stuff of being a, a charitable giving. We're not even talking about that. This is this, man, I feel the power of, of, of literally blessing somebody. Uh, and that feels good to me, but I love changing their life. And so um, they literally, I, I've watched this between no matter what they make, uh, they are disciplined, they are intentional, and they are absolutely passionate about uh, what they're giving to. Ain't that the truth? I've never met a, or I don't think that I have a unhappy, generous person, you know, somebody Dude, that's never. actually blessing others and they see what they've done and what they can do in the community. You know, they walk around so happy because, you know, they feel blessed they see and it helps them with with gratitude too and they can see what totally. they're, you know they're able to do in their own life they can appreciate that and then what they're doing in other people's lives and really you know embracing that gratitude i think does totally. help you make better financial decisions Here, totally here's something that's interesting to me so i've been doing financial planning for about 20 years also and when people come in you know i have new people come in every single year you know, we lay out a financial plan, we lay out their goals, it usually starts with, you know, what are your main goals and objectives, and your savings plan. And, you know, it always starts mm -hmm. with let's get three to six months of emergency cash saved, let's get your maxing out your retirement plan. Let's uh, talk about your home purchase, if you're buying a home, or you're upgrading to a, a bigger home. But rarely do people look at gifting as a goal. It's kind of <laughs> something that ancillary happens. So, at the end of the year, they basically have gone through and said, okay, I've gifted, you know, I've basically saved all this money. I've done all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I've saved retirement plans. I've put money in my kids' savings plans for college. 
now let's see what I have left because there's three or four charities that I really feel strongly about. See if I can give to them if there's anything left. And I mm -hmm. kind of challenge people, you know, you should really flip that on its head and say, yep. let's start with our giving plan first. Let's say what's mm -hmm. really important. What type of passion do you have right now? You know, is it your church? Is it various charities? Do you sit on a board of a charity that, you know, you have a strong passion for and you want to help out? And if you start there, that doesn't mean you have to give that amount to all of those. But having a family meeting, you and your spouse and sitting down and saying, look, these are the three or four charities that we have a strong passion for and we'd like to support them. How can we do that? And mm -hmm. then and then now you certainly should have your emergency cash saved. You certainly should be maxing out your retirement plans. But if you have these and you're very intentional at the beginning of the year, you don't get to the end of the year and, and you're like, man, I shouldn't have bought that Nintendo Switch in that dune buggy <laughs> and taken that trip to Hawaii because now we got nothing left. That's right. How have you felt? How have people responded to that? Very favorably because it's intentional and you, you get to a situation where and as people grow in their net worth and their wealth, you start to uncover some tax strategies that goes along with that. And I know for for a while earlier in my career, when you would talk about this, I would sense that people would get like that feeling that if they're looking for a tax advantage, it diminishes the value of that gift. And that's not the case at all. So what about like, um, so you see people are favorable to that. Um, how about like um, you sit down with folks, what are the, what's the data of like people who actually have uh, a plan to be generous, like that they, maybe they have a history in it. Uh, I mean, how many people? I would say and we're just when, when people come, I don't think that most people go into their financial planning intentionally giving at the beginning. That's kind of, let's get to that at the, at the very end. But we do, you know, here at Daymark, when somebody comes in, we do go through and say, what are your priorities? And we have a list that people choose from. So they'll, you know, they'll yeah. go with is your, you know, retirement planning, investment planning, budgeting, caring for a loved one, savings for college, charitable giving. It's all on a list that you choose. And oftentimes I'll, I'll push them to that. Like, what kind of giving do you give? And they'll talk about what charities they support or the church right. they give to. And then we basically say, well, let's build that into your plan because there might be some strategies that you can put in place now that you didn't even think about. Totally, totally. I, I You know, we, um, I mean, I've been in so many different churches and served in so many different churches and different roles. And, you know, you've got, uh, I've seen all kinds of givers, you know, and um, that's the thing that is so interesting to me is, I heard it said years ago, like, um, nobody plans to fail, but uh, like you fail to plan. That's kind of, I don't, I don't even know if I said that right, but like, that's how Joy and I have lived our lives. My wife and I have lived our life with, with regard to giving like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to fail at this. So we started with the plan of, Hey, when we got married, I mean, I was already giving Joy was already giving before we were married. Like, I mean, we had junk jobs, you know what I mean? It was just not, we weren't making nothing. We're still not making nothing uh, a bunch now, but we decided no matter what we make, whether it's a lot or a little, our baseline is 10% period to whatever church we're serving at that baseline period. That's what we do. And then, as you know, you've been at our church now for a while. Like there have been times where I've gone to the church and said, Hey, if we all increased 
are giving X amount, man, we'd accomplish this goal. Uh, and every time uh, we, I'm the first one that does it. Like I'm already, like when I'm getting up there and saying that to the church, I've already changed my giving. And you know, what's interesting. I'm still giving that. Like I never backed off right. from those increases. I just kept it because like I just built in the habit and then I didn't miss it. Um, if that makes sense. And what I learned, like as a person of faith, like God has taken the percentage left that is left over for me to use for my family and uh, plan vacations and save for the future and uh, take care of the immediate stuff. Like God has taken that and made that go way further than if I just kept a hundred percent of my income for myself. Um, and so th- this is another thing I just like to say too, is like, what's interesting about our culture today is like, everybody is jumps on the bandwagon of the next big thing uh, with regard to like social things, uh, social commentary. And so people will post this, post that about uh, awareness month of whatever it might be. And what's interesting to me is uh, we would call that like um, virtue signaling sometimes is what people have used that for. I don't, I'm not trying to make a statement, but what I am saying is, is that if you're really bought in, you're saying you're bought into in your words on your social media posts or whatever it is, follow the money. And what I mean by that is like a lot of people like to say they're passionate about certain things. And I stand for this. I stand for them. I stand for these people. But the reality is, is their money proves they stand for themselves. And so like what, what I want to say is if somebody were to evaluate my bank account and go online and log in, they would see every single month, twice a month, sometimes, you know, three times if it's a fifth Sunday month, like they can see where my charitable giving goes. They know what's a top priority. Uh, It's like the first payment, if I hate to use the word payment, but it's the first thing that comes out of my account on the days that we're paid. And so at the end of the day, like you can say you're passionate about all this stuff. You can say you stand for these people and that people, but at the end of the day, your money should follow your passion. If you say you're passionate about said cause, then you ought to get behind that. Um, and, uh, and, and fund those, um, charitable organizations or, uh, opportunities for impact in, uh, the social sphere. Um, and so like, again, talk is cheap, but follow the money. And then that's what I've, and dude, that's what I've seen with people who have a giving mindset is, I mean, I'm, I, even people who are like super political, you know, like there's a couple at our church, super political and very involved in that space. And like, they give to their national convention that they support. Like they have money that funnels right to it because they're passionate about it. They don't just talk about it. They don't just post about it every election. No, they're like, no, I'm at those events. I give to those things. And I'm very, very passionate about that. And like I sit on the sidelines and go, that's pretty sweet actually. Like, cause a lot of people talk about being passionate about that stuff, but they actually like fund the vision. And that's like super cool to me. Like that is what ge- people who are generous actually do. They don't just talk about it, but they actually fund it. They get behind it and throw resources at it. Right, and I think that's where the planning comes in. And when I talked a little bit earlier about getting together at the beginning of the year, now we're in the giving season right now of, of the holidays mm-hmm. and Christmas and kind of rolling through that. And you know, sometimes this isn't the best time to have the family meeting because you're so stressed <laughs> and the financial yeah. anxiety is at an all time high because you mm-hmm. didn't plan at the beginning of the year, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, if it's 4th of July and you're now listening to this episode, you know, sit down yeah. with your spouse and with your family and basically find your passions. 
you know, where your passions at, where are you volunteering? What do you have a strong, you know, are there struggles in your family with something related to maybe cancer? Is there, you know, some military loss in your family? So that's a strong passion for you. Or do you just stand behind the military for all the great things that they're doing for this country and our freedom? So you stand behind that. You know, are yeah. you volunteering at the kids program at your church and you really feel like that's an area where you want to get behind and what you're saying is exactly right you got to find your passion and and follow the money and send the money to that but through intentional giving and an intentional plan that builds right into your financial plan totally totally and i think a lot of that comes down to as well uh, we've used the word intentional and passionate but also di uh, disciplined like um like you stay the course like that's what generous people do i've noticed that like so um uh, full disclosure to your listeners like during covid everybody had uh the two years from literal health like it was bad like in every industry nobody didn't get touched uh i don't think any industry um excelled except for the political industry like i just don't think and i don't even know if they excelled but I mean, everybody took a hit. And what's interesting is, is like, that's the exact same thing that happened with us at the church and every other, you know, faith organization that I know of went to scramble mode because what's interesting is everybody, uh, there was not a lot of planning with regard to people being generous. Ask every 501c3 company like or a nonprofit organization. I guarantee you all charitable donations went down. I guarantee it. Uh, but what's interesting is, is I don't necessarily know if people, ev I mean, yes, there was job loss, uh, but the people that were disciplined, they were intentional uh, and they had a plan. Um, what I noticed is nothing changed, literally nothing changed for them. Um, for us at our church, you know, there were people that were wonky in their giving and they trailed off and never got back on the train uh, to this very day, never got back on the train. Um, and that's with their giving, that's with their serving and with their just like physical presence of being in, in the room. Now they might be at another church. I hope and prayerfully they are, but that happened at every nonprofit that I talked to. Um, and what's interesting though, is that there were some folks, uh, who were just rock solid, uh, that were just steady Eddie. I'm disciplined. I, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to stay faithful, um, and give and dude, that, for us at our church, like that was incredible. And, um, and so like we're a replant of a, of a church that was around for about 20 years. And so like we're in reboot mode, uh, at that moment and man, God was so faithful. And, uh, the, the people who attended our church were so bought in at what we were doing. And, um, and so like, but that disciplined, even during COVID, no matter what giving, uh, man, that's a game changer. Uh, for you as a person who feels the stress, I mean, you know about that, like, uh, you know, about being a disciplined giver. Um, and, um, and it, when things are outside and outside of your control and you don't know what's going to happen, like the disciplined person says, it doesn't matter. I'm committed to this vision. I'm committed to this cause. I'm committed to that charity, committed to that church or whatever it is. I got an internal conviction that won't let me waver. I am bound by duty to do that. Um, and, uh, man, that kind that's next level giving. And to me, like that's, that's who I want to be. Um, and, uh, and if somebody wants that, that's a great goal for somebody to say, that's the kind of giver I want to be is someone who can be counted on, called on and step up, uh, no matter what the circumstances are around me. It is, it really is a mindset. 
and you know what you're talking about. You know, we went through, you know, my wife and I years ago said, look, we're going to be intentional givers. We have this plan. We have this meeting that I'm talking about to you guys right now. We have this every year. We sit down, we go through our year in review, and we basically go through, here's our plan for this year. A big line item is our, our giving for the year. And just a quick story. So when we started Daymark in June of 22, you know, we knew that we're going to leave where I was and, you know, the comfortable W-2 world. I'm going to move in to start my own business with a group of my friends. And there's going to be a period of time, a transition period where there's not going to be income coming into me. Well, do I just stop all the, you know, the choices we had to make? Do we just stop all giving to our favorite charities and the people that we have a passion for? Well, look, we've already developed this passion years ago. That's not going to go away. And if we just say we're cutting all that off until we have income again, that's one way to go about it. But it didn't feel very good to me and it didn't feel very good to Rebecca. So we basically said leading up to that, we're going to set aside that normal amount of money for the year that we were going to give anyway. We're going to have that onto the side and that's going to be ready. And we're not going to stop throughout that whole period. And, you know, we knew that we would get this business up and running and we were back to having normal income again. But there was going to be a period where we wasn't where we weren't going to have that. And mm -hmm. because we had that mindset from years ago and we didn't change that mindset, it was easy for us. And we didn't really blink twice as we went through that period. Mm. And that's because we changed our mindset. And that's what I'm challenging anybody out there that's not in that mindset to, you know, that's something that you can get yourself into, but it sometimes will take a year or two of really getting in the flow. And it all comes back to what we talked about at the beginning and that's why, you know, what I do for a living and that's financial planning and having a mm -hmm. true sound financial plan. And that's one mm -hmm. of your main goals. It's not just saving your emergency cash, maxing out 401k, giving the kids college savings plan, stuff like that. Those are all extremely important to live the life that mm -hmm. you want to live. But if you want to live the life you want to live, it also includes your passions. And if we want to be, yep. you know you want to get that gratitude and embrace that gratitude that's going to help you make smarter financial decisions and it all comes back to that family plan that you had at the beginning dude i love that i mean like how many families today have like they they have the plan like you know this like when it comes to christmas they don't plan but yet somehow it miraculously happens and they buy these gifts and they do this stuff think about vacations it's last minute oh gosh it's it's march and we want to go to the beach you know, in the, the Gulf of Mexico. So they, they stress and they come up with a, a plan just very quickly and they're able to go and not enjoy themselves, but like they're able to get away basically. Like, hey, we're able to go, but man, we're not able to enjoy ourselves once we're there. And, you know, what, what I think, what I love what you're saying about like years and Rebecca's story. And I've been, I, I had the privilege of having a front seat to see all that. And it was incredible. Um, is, but it all does come back to though, your plan, uh, and that, Hey, I had a strategy for, um, dealing with unexpected, uh, uh, unexpected things that happen in our life. I have a strategy, uh, to save. I've got a strategy to, um, I mean, you weren't, you weren't flying blind. The, I mean, I mean, you, this is something like if we were like, you could have a whole episode of reverse engineering, how you were able to even do that. You know, like, because like we were disciplined early on 
in our marriage, disciplined early on in our career, lived within our means, uh, worked our tail off, you know, in our industry and uh, God blessed it. I was rewarded for it. And then we planned for the rainy day. We planned for the day where this would happen. And so like, you don't just end up in that position where it's like, oh, so if I don't get income for three to six months, I'm still going to maintain my same standard of living and I'm still going to give it the same level. Like that doesn't happen. Like, you know, you have to reverse engineer that and say, hey, way back here, you know, when I graduated from UC, I made this commitment to be like the best in my industry, which I think you're, I, I've known a lot of people in financial services industry, you're the best. And so like, I think that uh, at the end of the day, but that started a long time ago. And so like to that person who desires to be generous and wants to do that, but feels um, the anxiety in their heart of how do I even get there? Um, like let Jason be an example, but you know, to, Hey, I'm not, I'm not like circumstances don't dictate my generosity. Uh, that plan 20 years ago dictated that. And we just morphed it over time. We took baby steps incrementally over our life. It's not about being like the LeBron James of giving. It's about like, Hey, I'm cool with being on the team, man. Like I'm just cool being on the team and just taking those baby steps. I don't have to outperform somebody else. I just have to, um, you know, take baby steps along the way and, um, and see what happens because maybe one day you uh, can just bless some crazy nonprofit or some church with just some ridiculous amount out of nowhere that they didn't see coming, but you've been planning on it for 15 years like that as a person who is in the, in the nonprofit industry, as far as church world goes, like, dude, that's the kind of stuff that like sucks the oxygen out of the room in a team meeting. And you're like, I can't believe this, but this person had been planning on doing that a long time ago. Right. Yeah. And thanks for saying that. And I, I always cost, like, I don't love telling that story because I don't want it to be a look at me, you know, I'm a big giver and this and that, because it's not only the gifting, you know, with the proper planning that we've been working on for, you know, the past 13 years of our marriage has been getting together and really coming together with proper communication and making sure mm-hmm. that the plan in every aspect in our life is, is as, as good as we can plan it. You know, obviously- sure. We don't know where tomorrow is going to bring, but we do know that, you know, we've tried to plan for all the events that could possibly happen. And, you know, who knows if the black swan events come that drastically change our lives immediately, certainly those could happen. And we try to plan for those as much as we can as well. So, you know, and it's, it's funny you talk about life-changing gifts because there's a local story who I, I knew this gentleman from years ago and he gave, and he was just normal everyday guy. He was a friend of a, you know, a mentor of mine. We went to lunch a few times, and you know, he was a big Bearcats fan and Bengals fan, so we had a lot in common. And he just recently passed away and left like two hundred and forty million dollars to various charities, including the largest <laughs> gift I believe ever given to the Cincinnati Zoo. And oh and my gosh! He, and I was like. Who knew he had that kind of jack and he was the most <laughs> normal, regular, everyday guy that you just was a joy to be around. And That's he awesome. had that, but he didn't earn $240 million overnight. That was, no. you know, he was 90 or something like that. And that was something that he was developing for 50 years and didn't tell hardly anybody about it. Nobody knew that. The people that I yeah. knew, that knew him were like, 
sending me the articles and this is public knowledge it's in you know cincinnati.com and all the major publications but it was a crazy story but it's exactly what you're talking about we plan these things in advance and like you said about your dad you know if you're having a tough time with giving but you really want to start with you know start with something small but build it into your financial plan and yes. really plan for that and then just like your retirement planning if you're like man i can't save into my 401k plan or i don't have three to six months of emergency cash well you've got to start somewhere so you know start small yeah. and build up to it and you know we always talk about crawling before you walk that's, that's a right silly analogy but it's true you don't get to the you know to your final destination overnight it's it's a long journey and I think the important thing is the three things that we talked about today, I think are very important are mm -hmm. to be intentional with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's with most things in life, being intent, the more totally. intentional you are towards any goal that you have in your life, the better your chance of a positive outcome. That's right. Number, number two is stay disciplined. You know, find that plan, stay disciplined. If you really plan these things out, the other good thing that comes of it, you really helps avoid those impulsive purchases because you've got this planned out all year. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and triple the the size of my home overnight because that right. doesn't fit into the plan. So let's that's right that plan and say, does that work or not? That's right. And then the last thing that we talked about, I think is very important is continue to try to find your passion. You know, go around, look around your life, see where you can really make a difference and where you can basically bless others the way that you're being blessed as well. So uh, awesome. I think those are some pretty actionable ideas that, that you can start now. Totally. And what I love about all of that, uh, man, is that yourself to those things um, incrementally over your life, that stuff compounds that discipline, that intentionality, and that passion, it compounds over time and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the amount of impact that you're able to have by giving yourself to those three things is absolutely like life-changing to yourself, but it can be to other people as well. Right. So I would challenge, if you do those three things, you're going to, it's going to reduce that financial anxiety that you have and every aspect of your life and every goal that's set. Totally. All right. Well, Aaron, thanks a lot for coming on. Man. I really appreciate you. Dude, no problem, man. I love doing this stuff. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, till next time, I'm Jason Beichel. This is Staying on Track. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at www.daymarkwealthpartners.com or reach out to one of our trusted advisors. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The ideas and opinions expressed on this show by Daymark Wealth Partners and their guests do not constitute legal, tax, or investment advice, or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy, and do not represent the opinions of the underwriters of this program. Any information prepared from third-party sources are believed to be reliable, though its accuracy is not guaranteed. Opinions expressed in this commentary reflect subjective judgment of the speakers based on conditions at the time of the recording and are subject to change without notice. Listeners should seek the input of their own financial, tax, and legal professionals before acting on any information provided. Past performance is not indicative of future results.